Hi, and welcome to the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, where we, we inform, encourage, and support Christian indie writers on their journey to publication. I'm Christina Katane, and I write in multiple genres, including Christian dystopian fiction. I'm Jennifer Carl Tong, and I write historical Christian romance. Oh, Jamie, you're muted, hon. I'm Jamie Hirschberger. I write short fiction under the pen name J.R. Nichols. I'm Rhonda Hangerman, and I write fiction and nonfiction under the pen name Dee Dee Bowman. So we want to welcome everybody who is listening to us on iTunes and uh, Spotify and all those places where you can listen to our podcast, as well as their chatters. We love our chatters. Those watching on Facebook, those listening on YouTube, watching on YouTube. Can you believe this is our 164th episode? Oh, my goodness. Wow. No. I no. was just looking at the outline and I was like, wow, no. that's 52 weeks a year. That's more than two years. That's wow. Yeah, it's more than three years. You're right. Yeah. Good morning, Gigi. Gigi's showing us snowflakes and snowman. Does that mean you're part of that snowstorm going up the East Coast? That uh believe it or not, we're not getting hit with snow right now. We're like the snow capital, and we're like, we have I we had like a dusting of snow this morning, but Morning, Shell. Maria is also in the chat. Hi to her. Hi to Jason. Morning, Jason. Piper's here as well. Yeah, very active chat already. Yay. So we always open our episodes with a little thing we call What's Up, and we go around the virtual table and we all tell what's up with us this week. And so this week, I am going to start with Jen. What is up this week, Jen? Well, I was the one that before we started said, everybody had their what's up and y'all shook your heads. And I'm like, I don't know what my what's up is. So <laughs> just been really busy with puppy stuff. Um, I swear Molly has doubled in size and I have not posted any pictures of her. I'm a bad puppy mom, um, but been busy doing that and working and helping take care of my mom. Lots of doctor's appointments this week. And we've been doing virtual doctor's appointments, which when you have a, a family member who has Alzheimer's in la- the later stages, what a blessing. Because I don't know how people did it before uh, virtual doctor's appointments were happening, but we didn't have to get her out of the house, which was really great. So shout out to Dr. Ishak and Davison. He's a, a, if you're looking for a doctor for, he's an expert in gerontology and um, I believe an expert in Alzheimer's. He's very knowledgeable, very kind. We just love him. So shout out to him. That's my what's up. Awesome. What about you, Rhonda? Well, uh, let's see. My report today is that I have found a bright spot in humanity again. Yay. Uh, You know, in general, I'm not a huge fan of people, but, um, (laughs) oh boy. So I went to the gym this morning. I've been, um, it's, I've been on a, I think it's a 47 day walking streak. Um, so I'm proud of that. So I didn't want to break this this morning. So I went to the gym as usual and I left I walked for my hour and I left and I got here. I was like, woohoo, I got half an hour before my podcast starts and I'm going to be ahead of the schedule and I'm going to be, you know, the one they're not all waiting on this morning. Well, <laughs> guess what? I left my phone at the gym. Oh, my phone, no. my lifeline, all of my photographs from my house, everything, you know, everybody, your phone is important. Everybody knows how bad that would be if my phone was stolen. Well, anyway, someone, instead of stealing it, had taken it to the counter. And it was there for me. And just that little thing. I just am flying high today. I feel great. 
knowing that someone didn't steal my phone today, (laughs) even though they very well could have, and it would have taught me a lesson. That's awesome. Awesome. Good. I've, I've left my phone in the grocery cart more than once (sighs) driven away more than once and praise God gone back. And it's still in the same grocery cart in the, and normally I push my carts inside because uh-huh. I just feel like, well, they let me use it. There's no yeah. reason why I can't put it back where I got it from. That's just kind of who I am. Um, but both times, I think it's been three times that I've done it. Um, I, I, for some reason, didn't push it back in. And it was just still sitting out there. So I know I know that feeling, Rhonda. It is like your whole, like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I've done that with my purse before. That's mm-hmm. in the cart. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm bad. I'm really bad about that stuff. Do okay. we have any what's ups in the chat? Yep. Gigi agree. Whoops. Sorry. Everything's going fast. Gigi agrees says that she asked. She's looking forward to the snow. Maria says that in the UK, we say we've had snow. If there are a few flakes that fall. <laughs> All right. So Piper's what's up is getting over COVID. I was last in the house to get it. Cause I had to be special that way. Slowly adding words to work in progress. Well, we're glad to hear you're feeling better. We missed you. Maria says, my what's up is editing my nano project, which I hope will be a newsletter magnet. Oh, awesome. Design the front cover. Shoot out to Leah for her awesome feedback. Speaking of Leah, her what's up, getting back into the flow, time with God, writing back, uh, writing book 1011, getting my head on straight after the holiday hurricane. How great is it that the four of us has said, well, one of us said to the other three, let's do a podcast and drag, you know. But did we even think that we'd become 164 episodes, number one, and number two, that there'd be such a community of people that don't even know each other before this started, and now they're helping each other from across the pond and, and all over the world. And we just, I just, we just really love our chatters so much. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, we like have to a- comment, I'd like to comment on uh, Maria. Um, I believe her nano project was a mystery. So Ooh. she has already magnetized at least one reader. That would be <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, in our house, we have a little saying that if we don't pick on you, we don't like you. Right. And so in the spirit of that, I'm going to pick on Maria a little bit and ask her if she's selling tickets to this shootout with Leah. Cause I'd like to see that. <laughs> oh, is it say shootout on there? It I read it. Shootout. I read it. Shout, shout out. out. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Anyway. Um, so I'm still working the plan that I told you guys about mm-hmm. last week, but I want to talk about um, the day that I didn't work the plan. Um, my 18 year old son wanted to play Animal Crossing. He come out in the living. He came out of the cave <laughs> um, with his switch, and I was on the TV, and he was on his switch, and we played together. We went to each other's islands, and it was really fun. That's actually, awesome. to have like, because I don't know how many of those days I'm gonna have left. Right. Like he's 18. He's talking about moving to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But the one thing that I found um, very interesting about this game is it's in real time. And you tell them where you are. And so when I opened it up first thing this morning, there was like a snowstorm <laughs> <laughs> in the game. And I was awesome. like, oh, that's that's cute. So yeah, that's awesome. My that's girls it. like to that's play Roblox, up. which is similar, but, and, um, it's kind of like, honestly, like playing Barbies, but virtually like you build a house and you can pick out like accessories and stuff. And so I like, I try to fit time when they ask me to, I try to every time, because this is what I think. 
my writing will always be there. Yes, I have a schedule and yes, I have certain goals, but the writing will always be there, but they won't always be there. So I think you made the right choice, Tina. Right. Yeah. And it was, I really enjoyed myself and it was fun. And my, my granddaughter plays Minecraft mm-hmm. um, on my switch. Yep. <laughs> so I won't have it at all this weekend, but <laughs> if anybody wants to play animal crossing with me, I'm all up for neighbors. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> What about you, Jamie? What's up with you? Well, I'm going to continue. Um, first of all, I apologize for my voice. I woke up with, I don't know what's going on with my voice. So here it is. Um, I have comparison of a quote of the Stoics and comparing it to scripture, which I picked today actually is the January 14th entry in the Daily Stoic. Um by Ryan something. I keep forgetting the name of this author and I feel really bad, but I can come back with you for it. So this is Marcus Aurelius who said this. Pardon me. Understand at last that you have something in you more powerful and divine than what causes the bodily passions and pulls you like a mere puppet. What thoughts now occupy my mind? Is it not fear, suspicion, desire, something like that? And um, the parallel scripture that came to mind for me was, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's 1 John 4. 4. Awesome. I like that. I love that, too. Can Can we go back, before we go forward, can we go back to the chat really quick? Mm-hmm. Maria said, I'm so thankful for this podcast and community. I used to struggle a bit with feeling isolated as a writer, but now I have these wonderful supportive colleagues. We feel the same way. And Leah says, I feel the same way. And then uh, Gigi says, so true, Maria. I'm so thankful for each one of you. Oh, we're thankful for you guys. too." Oh, and Piper says, I love you all. You are my peeps. Yeah. We feel truly feel the same way about you guys as well. And before we move on, it's Ryan Holiday who wrote the Daily Stoic. It's uh, 365 days of Stoic quotes. Awesome. Cool. I forgot to, one thing I wanted to say in my what's up. I have purchased my ticket for 20 books, Vegas 2022. That's awesome. And I have reserved my hotel room at Bally's. <laughs> have you ever been to Vegas? I have, yes. Mm-hmm. When I was a teenager. Mm. We stayed in this hotel that had a nightclub in it for teenagers. Oh, wow. So we could go like do the nightclub scene while my parents went gambling. <laughs> <laughs> like that was our, and we spent a lot of time in Circus Circus. I'm trying to imagine my conservative parents ever taking me to Vegas. I think that that would uh, never, ever have happened. That's just so funny. Like how different were we were raised. You were my Catholic. Dad's from, my dad's from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So we did some stuff uh, that was not. Ex- so I don't think my dad was all that conservative. My mom, yeah, yeah. she was like from a little farm town in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, my dad, yeah, he did some crazy stuff. <laughs> Poor he, took us to, he took us to Egypt two weeks after Mahasni Mubarak had taken over the country in a coup. And we took a cruise down the Nile River, and we're the only people on the boat with one other little old couple on there. (laughs) (laughs) So he was a little crazy, but we had fun. 
Okay, so let's move on. Did you want to say something, Rhonda? I'm afraid I cut you off. Um, I, if I did, it wasn't important. Okay. Um, so our topic for today is subscriptions. Mm. And um, this is the reason that I am the host today, because I have nothing to say. <laughs> really? Nothing at all, <laughs> about, huh? About subscript. Well, I might. Um, so we're what we're talking about are writer tools or services, which have a monthly or annually renewing fee. And so what are some services we love, use, and recommend? We're going to go around the table, and everybody is going to share some of the things they use. And I'm going to go backwards this time and start with Jamie. Oh, good, because I think that mine um, would have been used up by the time we got to me because (laughs) my list is small. Um, I pay for uh, Story Origin, Book Funnel, and MailerLite. And that's the extent of what I'm paying for right now. Although I'm not to a place where I'm marketing yet. Um, so I don't, well, I don't think I pay for mail or light yet. Nope. I'm still on their free plan. So it's just the book funnel and um, story origin for reader magnets and building the newsletter. Awesome. All right. So Jamie can't do a whole lot of talking this morning. So if you don't mind, Jamie, I'm going to like... Go for it. Because you said the things I was going to say anyway. So I will elaborate on that. Um, For those of you who don't know, uh, MailerLite is for your email service. And I am on the paid tier because I have over a thousand subscribers. And um, obviously I will be keeping that because because your email is your most important uh, asset in your marketing tool bag. So I am keeping that. I also have BookFunnel. And what BookFunnel is, for those of you that don't know, is it is a way to distribute your reader magnet. So my reader magnet is book two of my series. Book one is for free on all platforms. So somebody comes in and they discover the free book, they read it. They're like, Ooh, I really like this author. And at the end I have a little preview of book two. And at the end of that preview, want this for free, sign up for my newsletter. Um, So in essence, they're getting the first two books of my series for free. And I'm okay with that because it's drawing them in. Um, And when they, click that link, it's actually taking them to, uh, through a process of signing up for my newsletter. And eventually book funnel is the one that distributes the book to them. And it is so worth it that I don't have to think about it. If there's any tech issues, uh, book funnel takes care of it. Uh, there's also built in promotion tools in book funnel where you can be part of newsletter, uh, not newsletter swaps, excuse me, um, promotions like book funnel promos, where you can add your book where people can, um, you know, share it in their emails and stuff. And so totally, absolutely worth it. Now I was, I did have story origin when it was in beta and I chose not to continue it. And the reason why is because yes, it did grow my newsletter list, but I found that the story origin for me was getting people that were just freebie seekers and were not, um, were not clicking after they got my book or were unsubscribing. So for me at this point, I decided to save some money and not do story origin and just focus on book funnel. Now that might change in the future as I grow and my finances are a little bit more so that my percentage that I can spend on that type of stuff is greater than I might include story origin back in. And again, your results may vary. You might find that story origin is really good for you. 
Piper says, oh gosh, I use story origin book funnel. I think that is all. Yeah. I thought that was all too, that I only had a couple things until I went through and started looking. Yeah. Because I'm remembering now I didn't even talk about my website. Right. Oh yeah. Our website. We had to pay for that. So yeah, I have a hosting through Namecheap Mm -hmm. and um, my WordPress is free, but I do have to pay the hosting through Namecheap. Yep. And so, yeah. I and if I that. remember correctly, that's like $15 a year or something. And I um, support this podcast monthly because that's how we pay to keep it going. So that's my other. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So if you guys don't. pay my dues. Oh, my gosh. Don't kick me off in the middle of the episode. So in case you guys are wondering, like, we pay to support this podcast. So um, we don't have a, I guess we should probably open up Patreon again and have ask people to help support this podcast, but um, it does cost money every month for this. And we do that because um, we see it as a ministry. But um, if you guys think that that would be something you'd be interested in, just make a comment and see whether or not we should open up a, a Patreon again or not. Right. And if you're listening, send us a message. If you're not on the, on the YouTube thing. Oh Yeah. You can, yes. Okay. Piper says book funnel also offers swaps, but it's not as robust a platform for that as story origin. And I'm going to imagine that since I've quit story origin, it's continued to grow. So it probably is something I should probably look at again. I I Um, wanted to ask you, how much do you pay? If you don't mind um, sharing for mailer light with the thousand subscribers. um, I pay, I can look at my list right here. uh, $15 a month. Okay. So, and I am making more than $15 a month in um, book sales. So for me that it, uh, I definitely am keeping that. Cause so. I just got a letter from uh, MailChimp, which is the one I use mm-hmm. that their fees went from 15 to $17. Mm. So that's why I was asking, but it's only $2 more and the hassle of moving over. Like to me, probably isn't worth two dollars. That's probably a whole other podcast we should talk about because yeah. I know that Piper had an experience with moving from Mailchimp to Mailer Light, and I think she went back. I started with Mailer Light knowing that they had, um, like, even though I had to start paying sooner, they offered um, it was cheaper the the more tiers that you went up. So that's so that's probably a whole. We should probably do another podcast just on that. Yeah. There's a lot of chat happening in the um, podcast. Rhonda, do you want to go next before we start looking at what our chatters are saying? Sure. Um, okay. Besides what you guys have already mentioned, um, I, especially with my nonfiction work, I do a lot of graphics and design and that sort of thing. And so the Adobe suite has been absolutely invaluable to me. I fought mm-hmm. against it for the first couple of years that it was out because I pretty much could do everything in um, Photoshop elements, which is like the baby version that they used to have of Photoshop. But, um, I, I mean, the suite has even a PDF reader, you know, Adobe PDF, the good one where you can combine files and, um, edit pages. Even if someone sends you a PDF, you can still edit it. It's, I, I probably would keep it if I only had Photoshop and Adobe and nothing else, Mm -hmm. but, and by the way, we should probably mention we're not being sponsored by any of these. These are just completely right. honest reviews of things that we love. Um, so uh, the suite, they recently came out with um, some apps that are used specifically on your phone or iPad. And for instance, this morning I was editing photos 
on the treadmill using um, my two favorite apps on there are Capture and Fresco. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just playing with that, just brought my stylus along with me. And uh, yeah, so editing on the go can be easy, um, but I highly recommend the Adobe Suite. See, I just learned something because I have the Adobe Suite as well, and I only use Photoshop on it. Um, and it's totally, <clears throat> absolutely worth it for me to have it because I do my own covers and mm-hmm. graphics and stuff. Absolutely worth the $10.59 I'm paying a month. Mm-hmm. I had no idea about these other apps. I've never even looked over there. Not even mm-hmm. looked. And oh, so, the, yeah, yeah, so now I have something else I need to play with. Uh, something you to learn. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have that too, and but I don't only use it for my writing. Like I'm in the, I'm a member of this um, thing where they send me out uh, every month. They send me ten recipes, uh, whole food, plant based recipes, and they're in PDF form. And so I, I have a cookbook that I designed with that PDF thing, oh. where I have chapters. So like I have appetizers. Mm-hmm. Like I made this whole book. And I can, and it can be on my phone, it can be on my laptop, it can be on my PC. So, like, if I'm in the kitchen, I can take my phone with me and open it up without having to take my computer in there or print it off. So, I really love that part of it. I have, I use it for Photoshop. And there's one other thing I use on there, but I can't think of what it is. Yep. Uh, for my museum newsletter, I use InDesign. It's I'm a page maker lover. If anybody remembers that from back in the day, I do. Yeah. I, yep. I remember yep. page maker. And design is the new one. Yep. That's great. Never heard of either of those things. <laughs> I also uh, pay for, um, there's a few things that I pay for that, um, that I have to keep too. I pay for Dropbox. Um, it, I find it. Like, so I, I just recently started paying for Google storage uh, I fought tooth and nail against it, but it's only $20 a year. So I went ahead and did it to get a little bit more storage on Google because we use it as a podcast together. And so I find myself using it a little bit more. And my phone, I have an Android phone, so it makes sense. But um, Dropbox is where I keep all my photo storage, as well as all of my writing docs. So every Scrivener document, everything is on Dropbox so that I can, no matter what laptop I'm on, no matter what computer I'm on, I could go to the library and I could log in and get to all my docs if I wanted to that are in there. So, um, so it is important to me to have Dropbox. So I do pay, uh, and that's it's kind of pricey. I think twelve dollars and seventy one cents a month, but it's I don't know how else to do it with all the photos. I have a lot of photos, uh, all the photos that I do anyway. Um, but I don't remember if we're going to talk about things that we decide to get rid of. Yeah, we're that'll be later, right? Yeah, so. that's coming. Okay. So let's look and see what people in the chat are doing. Is that okay, Tina? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So Leah says Mailer Light, Word 365. Yeah, I forgot about that one. I I love Word. So I do pay for that. It's a yearly one. I, yep. I pay yearly instead of monthly. I really like that one too because um I can access it on any of my devices. Yes, me too. And not have to have it like installed, like you know, with the disc right. and all that. Yep. Um, she says book report. Now, Leah is has several, several. She already said earlier today that she's working on books 10 and 11. The more books you have out, and especially if you're wide, a book report would be very valuable, I think. I'm I'm probably getting to the point where I should probably consider a book report. Um, except that like until book four is out, I kind of just don't even look at sales. Can you explain I, what that is? I've never heard of book report. Um Leah might want to do a little bit better job than me since I don't have it yet, but um, book report is an app that you use that helps track your sales from when you're wide from like 
whether it's Kobo or Apple or mm. Amazon, um, a, a KDP, uh, it helps keep track of that. So it's like a bookkeeping thing. Nice. Uh, Masterclass, she says, and Patreon. And she says Becca Klein. I think she means Becca Syme. Um, Maria asks, so Jen, have you found people uh, engage more, stick with you on book funnel more than story origin? That's what I found. Now we're talking about a year. It's been about a year since I quit story origin when they started charging for it. And I just couldn't justify the cost for what I was getting in return from that. We're going to talk about uh, that here in a minute with other things too. And Leah says she also pays for Wix. So Wix is a way of having a website that um, it was going to be much easier. Wix and Squarespace, much easier websites, much, much easier. So if you have the funds, I would say do those. Um, But WordPress is much cheaper. It's just more work on the other end. Um, And Piper says, please do open it. She means Patreon because I would love to support. Thank you, Piper. We really appreciate that. So maybe we should, we're going to have a business meeting here soon. So Maria says, I considered book funnel, but I'm sorry. Tina, did you? I considered book funnel, but I thought I'd have to spend more to get what I want from it. So uh, then, then store agents plus store agency is a bit more personal than for book funnel. Um, yes. Cause you can distribute books with story origin too. That's true. I like, because I was already with them, but I like book funnels, uh, book distribution better. Um, and then Leah says, if we are talking about the programs I've bought Scrivener check, I agree with that one publisher rocket check i agree with that one pro writing age she said she'd go on and on mm-hmm. Gigi also says she would love to support this podcast you guys are so great thank you so much um, but no we're only talking about subscriptions today we're not talking about right. programs right um all right so lots of chat going on if you are just listening you and i want to go over to our youtube channel and read the the awesome chat that's happening because uh, just can't keep up with it there's so much great so i basically have everything that everybody just mentioned except book report. I don't think I'm paying for Dropbox, but I might be. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I have Publisher Rocket. I am a Patreon of Becca. I don't have book report. I have Office 365, Namecheat, BookFunnel, MailChimp for my email instead of um, MailerLite. I have Story Origins. I've paid for Scrivener. And Adobe. And the only thing nobody mentioned that I pay for is Plotter. Oh, yeah. So I really, really like Plotter. Okay, so let's stop here for a moment because this is really making me think because even as some people are sharing these things, I'm like, oh, yeah, I do that one. Oh, yeah, I do that one. Because some of these subscription services are yearly. I pay for it like like once a year I make a payment. And I only looked at my account for the past like month or two to make my list. But that's a lot of things listed off. And yeah. so you go through it and like, this is what happened to me when we decided, um, Rhonda brought up the idea for the topic. And so when she brought it up at our meeting, I started going through my account and looking at, is there any fat that I can trim? And I think that that is a very good practice. So we're sharing with you what we, works for us and what we do. Results may vary. You may find that, that like, like example, story origin, I did not see to put the money there right now. Maybe I will later, but others, as you can see in the chat, are having really good experience with story origin. So it's worth it for them. Here are some of the things that I cut. Um, I cut, let's see. Um, I cut Audible. I all of a sudden realized I have Audible charging monthly and I have like seven 
um, credits stacked up because I've been so busy. And so do I need to have Audible right now? No, I need to go and download those seven credits so that I have these Audible books, but um, I'm not using it. Can I go get it later? Sure, I can get it later. So for now, I cut that out. So and, do you get Audible books like for writing craft and stuff? Is that why you're um, counting it under both. your career? Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, because I, think I, did, really I put good that for, off to like pleasure. So, well, because I also had, which leads me into, I also had Kindle Limited. I've had Kindle Limited for years, but I sat down and did the math this this week, and it. I am not reading enough ebooks to make it worth it. So again, I made the hard choice to get rid of Kindle Unlimited. Now, wow. for me, it was that was a business choice. Um, originally to have Kindle Limited because I was reading other books in my genre. I was keeping up on it. Same thing with Audible. I was listening to other audiobooks in my genre, just kind of keeping uh, an eye on it. But as of right this moment, it was not it was not serving my career to continue to have those. In a few months, I may change that, and I can. But I can save a little bit of money by doing that right now. And the other thing it did, ladies, it made me look at my whole account. And I got rid of other things that were not business related, but that we were paying for that. I was like, do I really need this scrapbook monthly uh, kit that's been coming in that I haven't been able to touch for like since I subscribed to it? They're piling up in the corner. No, I love their kits. They're beautiful. I don't have time. And that's just a waste of money. Um, you know, got, something that I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Refer. Nope, go right ahead. Something that nobody mentioned that we probably just overlooked. I have a subscription to Shutterstock mm. for pictures for my cover. My subscription to Shutterstock, I don't have a monthly subscription. Mine just, when I use my fifth one, it renews it. So it just, it, that, and I use them. So, but yeah, that's another one to think about. Yeah, I went and um, as part of our beginning of the year, evaluated what I was spending on my writing career and Mm -hmm. um, keeping it simple, as simple as I have it. It's still $41 a month for this hobby slash career, whatever Mm -hmm. it is that I'm doing, which, excuse me, it's not as expensive as some hobbies. But when you think about it, I'm at $41 a month with just the few things that I said that I'm doing. And um, that doesn't even count the programs that I made the one and done purchase like Scrivener or whatever. And your writing career could really be doing damage to your family budget that you're not cognizant of if you're not careful. So, yeah, I think the whole point is to look at it because subscriptions are super easy to sign up for and then ignore because they come out all by themselves. Right. And so I think this is probably the best piece of advice that I can give right now is to look at it and to know. Teresa says she has KQ and use it constantly, read almost daily. It saved me so much money. That was where I was when I bought, when I first got it. So um, Leah says the same thing. She says, KU, I use it a lot. Me too. And I think that it's possible that right now it's just the season I'm in right now and that I will probably end up going back to it. Maria says, hmm, I never considered KU as a business expense, but I should probably count it as one as I use it to read lots of indie books and read them on my blog. Yes, 100%. And if you get to the point where you will be um, using, um, like, doing your taxes and claiming things on your taxes for your writing career, it can be used as, because it's one of the the apps that you have to have to monitor your own books and to monitor your other things. Just like buying a computer now becomes a business expense, not just a one for pleasure. So So we had talked about, like, a good idea is to consult your business plan before you buy anything new. 
Um, yes. So that you're not going over what you're bringing in. Um, also, you could set a reminder to cancel if you're only interested in the free trial. That's a great idea. I do that a lot. I get a free trial and then I forgot to cancel it. And then I end up paying for a month of something I'm not using before I realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, try to have one bank account for paying for everything. That's a good idea. Like a business account, account separate from your personal mm-hmm. account. Is there any other things that we wanted to... One thing I would say, like, like I've been saying this whole time, it's your results may vary. But one thing that I would really caution you about paying for until you're at the point where you're making enough money to make it worth it, but being charged for a service that will help you post to social media is, I'm going to say 99.9999999% going to not have a return for you. So we have, like, I've learned in my experience, like having social media is a good thing. It's kind of like a business card. It kind of, it legitimizes you, but you're not going to get direct sales from it. Like if you find somebody who's getting direct sales from their social media, I would love to meet them. We will have them on the show. This would be like mind opening for us, but it doesn't happen. So to pay for services, for example, uh, I tried Tailwind out. I really love their service It's clean. There's really great things about it but they want to charge you $10 a month per social media account. Like there's, I'm not making $10 a month for my, in books from my social media. So I would just say that that's one of those things that I would personally, I would tell you don't do that. Now, when you get to where you're selling enough books and the amount of money that you have that you can put into marketing could absorb that, then sure, go ahead make your life easier. But I would say that, that that would not be one thing I would put money into. For sure. Right. Especially there, there are certain services like that that are free that will post social media posts for you. Mm-hmm. Um, they pro- they're probably not as good. They don't have as many bells and whistles. But do you really need that if you're just starting out? Right. You know, that's a question you can only answer for yourself. Agreed. So, I mean, it's some of the stuff I pay for, I consider an investment. I might not yeah. be making money yet, but I'm investing in my business in the, to get to start up you know, startup costs, whatever. And then eventually I hope to make money to pay for that. Yeah. I'm not selling anything at all right now, but I'm comfortable spending around 50 bucks a month on any hobby I might have. And that's why it's been okay for me because, um, you know, that's a decision everybody has to make is what, what portion of your expendable income can you use to sustain what you're doing until it's paying for itself? Right. I absolutely agree. Okay. Yeah. So do we have anything else to say, ladies, or is it transition time? Well, real quick, Jamie had brought up in our meeting that even free subscriptions could be something that you need to do a, a just take a look at, which is true because they're cluttering your inbox. Um, it costs the newsletter owner money. We all know that, that like we get charged for, by like me, I'm getting charged. I have over a thousand subscribers, you know, um, and the easiest way to deal with them is like, is that they come in. So she said, go on and download the free book already and trust the universe to send it your way again. If it's meant to be, that's a really great line. So, yeah, because you sign up for the free book, but do you ever read that book? And if you haven't read the book, the author, imagine if you're the author sitting there wondering, why does this person never click? Well, you're just, you're just not at a place where you can right now. So go ahead and unsubscribe because 
you can always subscribe again later and save the person a little bit of money and stress by just not being a factor for them anymore. Good point. Okay. So let's transition into the feeding of the bags. Our favorite time of the week. This is where we have gotten a writing sprint prompt just before the podcast. We have 15 minutes to write. There's no planning involved. There's no editing. There's no revising. It's just 15 minutes of pure writing down words according to this prompt. And sometimes they're better words than others. (laughs) But we share them with you, with the universe. Um, And so because of that, we only give positive feedback. Do like your mama used to say, and if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say anything at all. <laughs> we would appreciate that. <laughs> so who wants to go first? Let's let's pick on Rhonda <sighs> and make her go first because I know how much she hates it. <laughs> I was trying to slink into the background. Could you tell? <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So I had to sprint pretty much as soon as I got back from the gym and my mind was still all a Twitter about finding lovely humanity. So I didn't get a lot of words in, uh, but anyway, I got a couple in. So what was our prompt today? Don't forget to share that. The prompt is, it's the most beautiful place on earth. All right. All right. I did not use the sentence. I'll tell you that now. (laughs) The image was frozen in Jenny's mind. Nettie's arms twirling like a front lawn windmill, legs akimbo with her knees at two different acute angles, mouth frozen in the shape of a donut, and eyes bugging out like Billy the Bass's. Jenny cringed at the memory, which is only a few moments old. Meanwhile, Lucy was doubled over in the corner, gasping for air and making sucking noises like a draining bathtub. Mascara streaked both of her cheeks. It was beginning to fill in her wrinkles, making weird little lines around her mouth. She had been laughing so long that the noise sounded more like a donkey brain than laughter. This place is a disaster, Nettie bellowed. <laughs> That's as far as I got. Oh, you got to be Sorry, kidding me. Ant- I- the only note I have so far is what has happened? And I still no. don't know. <laughs> she, I'm guessing it was us. a mess and she tripped and she fell and everything went. Yep. I was picturing one of those huge old attics with trunks everywhere and spider webs and, mm. and Jenny saying, Oh, this is the most beautiful place on earth. All the history. <laughs> and you know, I definitely yeah. want to be the one in the corner laughing, but maybe yeah. without the wrinkles. <laughs> I have the mascara. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was really great descriptive language. I loved how yes. you described Nettie falling through the air. Oh, uh, thank you. Um, I uh, just decided to run with the similes today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots of similes, but they were great. Like they really set the mood and the picture and mouth in the shape of a donut. Like <laughs> so, Piper Piper is uh, sharing what I'm feeling. She says, uh, "I was hooked. Need more." I was hooked like Billy the Bass. <laughs> Gigi says, Rhonda, that was so beautiful with all your visuals. You bring your characters to life. Oh, that's very sweet. Yes, I agree. And Shell says, great descriptions, Rhonda. I, I absolutely agree. Thank you very much. Okay. Jamie, let's make you go next. All and then you right. can rest your voice as much as you want for the rest of the podcast. Thanks. All right, here we go. Sometimes Sissy and I talk about the place we will live together when we are grown up and in charge of the world. It's the most beautiful place on earth, though it didn't start out that way. It started out not being much of a place at all, only an imaginary destination, far away from the mice who stole our food. 
<clears throat> it was a place with no mice at first. That was all. And then we decided that since we were imagining a place, we shouldn't just stop at imagining no mice to steal our food, but we should maybe turn this place into somewhere where our food was plentiful, where you never ran out, no matter how many times you got hungry. Always, always in our imaginary place, there was crusty bread to eat and big bowls of hot broth to warm your insides, no matter how heartily the wind blew through the cracks in the walls. Then one night as my sister lay next to me under the threadbare blanket, describing for me the deliciously warm sensation of the never-ending broth, I wondered out loud why such a wonderful place with no mice and enough food should have cracks on the walls at all. Seemed to me it shouldn't. And so it became the place where we would live when we were all grown up and in charge of making decisions for ourselves would be warm and airtight, which also conveniently explained the reasons there was no mice to come in to spoil our provisions. Then one especially bitter winter evening when the toes and fingers refused to thaw no matter how much we rubbed them or how much we cuddled together, I imagined for us big blankets of the finest wool and described them in intricate detail to Sissy who listened with her eyes stuck fast to the ceiling. Her nose so pink, I swore I could see it glowing in the moonlight that filtered into our room. And she asked me, couldn't we give our imaginary home some curtains to match and perhaps a fine table cover? <clears throat> that led me to ask how many chairs we might need. Four, we both agreed, so that there was a seat for Mama and one for Papa, whom we'd anticipated would be coming back just about any minute now, and whether our table would have a place in the corner of the room or to the side. We imagined this most beautiful place all through the bitterness of winter, and then the spring thaw came in all its delights, and the world outside our bedroom once again became the most beautiful place in the world, beautiful enough at least to distract us from our still hungry bellies and the loneliness that nibbled at our hearts like the mice nibbled at Mama's bread left too long unattended. And then as the winter turned cold again, we shared, as the weather turned cold again, we shared our most beautiful place with Mama, who was too poorly to make the curtains, but pledged from her seat on the rocker that she would set to knitting us the biggest wool blanket either me or Sissy had ever seen once she was able to get together enough wool to spin the yarn for it. Neither Sissy nor I bothered to confess that Mama had neither the strength nor the know-how to knit us such a thing. Hmm. It was a much nicer to imagine with her what could be, what ought to be for the three of us. And when Mama slipped away from us on that first really bitter December night, that mm. December, and the first really bitter night of that December, and the people from the state came and told us they were taking us away, we went silently and took with us the tales of the most beautiful place in the world and whispered them silently to each other through clasped hands and furtive glances. And as we were sent to live in places with no mice and big blankets and curtains so fine, I could have laid on one on the floor and rolled into it three times and still had room to roll up sissy in one too. I somehow felt like we had left the most beautiful place in the world behind us. And it was the world we created together, snuggled up under a threadbare sheet. Wow. Jamie. So, so good. I can't stop wondering why, um, like I want to go tell these girls that they, there's other things to eat, but broth. Well, I felt very <laughs> Dickens like, to me. And yeah. I know it was because my girls and I are doing a whole, like we've been studying Dickens lately, but it felt very much Victorian age and like I could see it and I was there like, and just so, oh, heart-wrenching. It felt happy to me. Yeah. To be in a, such a place of poverty that broth seems like a luxury. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that, that really, that detail really stuck with me like that whole time. Mm -hmm. Agreed. It was really beautiful. Thank you. Leah says, it was really oh. beautiful. And your voice just added to it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. 
Leah says, please publish this. Agreed. Piper says, all the language you use is delightful to listen to despite such a sorrowful tale. I agreed. Thank you. Shell says, so heartbreaking, emotional, and poignant. Wow. All in 15 minutes. Like, just mind-blowing, Jamie. Well done. I think you'll you'll publish this somewhere? Well, it's already going to be published. Um, I put all of my writing sprints on my website at writingshorts.net, and you can watch me write it live on our YouTube channel. This could very easily turn into something longer, though, that I would love to read. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, oh, like, thanks. right up my alley of the kind of stuff I like to read. And the way that you manipulate prose is just beautiful. Thank you. So, I appreciate that. Awesome. Okay, so I'll go next. Um, if I can find my... Here it is. <laughs> I was like, where is it? Um, so I was trying to decide what the most beautiful place on earth was. And that tripped mm-hmm. me up for a little bit. And then I just decided to stick with my same character as last time. And so we're going to Alaska. So, which is arguably the most beautiful place on earth. So, <laughs> <laughs> The sun shone bright in the cornflower blue sky and white puffs of cloud meandered by above Thomas's head. He stood at the peak of the mountain mesmerized by the view He could see the rows of mountains lined up, one behind the other, like dog sled teams waiting for the starting horn blast, each peak like the dogs of the ear, like the ears of the dogs, upright in anticipation of the sound that signaled them to do what they most loved, run with their team. Mm -hmm. The analogy would have been perfect if there were snow on the ground, but it was midsummer, (laughs) warm enough to wear only his moose skin tunic and breeches, and almost warm enough to take the tunic off and enjoy the feel of the sun on his skin. The blueberry and mossberry bushes that covered the slopes were vibrant green, and the pale green berries were beginning to darken. It would be a prime spot to come picking when autumn came. The spruce trees lent their fragrance to the summer breezes, and the green leaves of the aspen offered unneeded shade. Thomas turned and looked back from where he had come. The water of the Cook Inlet shone in the sun, the Sleeping Lady Mountain its backdrop. Thomas traced the shape of the mountain like he always did without thought, then blushed, blushed just before reaching her head, turning his gaze away. He wondered if he would still do the same once he was a man with a wife and children. The ruined city of Anchorage lay below him, sprawled across the flat area of what, what once had been marshland. Was, I wrote marshland. <laughs> <laughs> Much of it was overgrown and being reclaimed by nature. The larger buildings were ruins, crumbling away in most places, now only shells of what they'd once been. It was a much more romantic visage from across the inlet, where the tall, decaying buildings offered only a silhouette. From here, it just looked like a ruined mess. He sighed, trying to rid his chest of the heavy feeling that filled it when he thought of the poor people who lived in those ruins. How had that happened? And why did they stay? When just outside the city, a day's climb up a mountain was the most beautiful place on earth. Oh, wow. Well done. Well, yeah. great job of of setting and um, just making you feel like you're there. And Yeah, good job. Um, Rhonda, we can't hear you because you're muted. I was agreeing that the setting was really nice. I felt really um, like I could almost smell it. Right. I would just like to know, um, from the perspective of your story, the people who live where he's saying, like, the ruins, do they think 
that they live somewhere really great? Like from their own perspective, do they think that they've got it good? No, I haven't okay. really thought that much that deeply into it, but no. Cause it just felt to me like he was really appreciating being an outsider. And I just imagined that it would be sort of like someone who didn't have all of the city fancy stuff, but didn't feel deprived. That's how it felt to me. You know what mm, I mean? Yeah. And so, this is an actual place. It's called Arctic Valley. And you go up the valley and this where we used to go blueberry picking. And, and there's a ski jump at the top. So I left the ski jump off. But when you stand at the top, you see like rows and rows and rows of mountains going that way. And when you turn around, Anchorage is down below wow. with the Cook Inlet and the Sleeping Lady Mountain on the other side. It's really beautiful. Shell says, beautiful, Tina. Felt like I was right there. Gigi says, you know, you paint a picture with the stroke of your keyboard. Love this. Thanks, guys. And then Piper says, Thomas from Lost. Love this. Actually, Thomas is from the, the second book. He's not in the first book. But, um, yeah. Same but series. This is, yeah, same series. So where can people get your first book? You can go to ChristinaKittane.com and go to my own personal bookstore. And then I will get 100% of the proceeds. Or you can go to Amazon.com. And buy it from there. Well, I'll get 70% of the proceeds. And <laughs> anyway, I, really anywhere that books are sold online, you can get my book. Is it in KU? It is not in KU. Okay. All right. Okay, Jen. Okay. It's your turn. So I had difficulty starting this. So I don't have very many words, but I, I couldn't figure out what world, you know, because I've been writing in like, you know, Marnie's world just because she kind of comes very quickly for me. But um, I am actually in Sarah's story. So. So, Miss Albright, tell me, what do you think of our little house, our little home? Sarah chose not to address Mr. Sutton, Sutton's obvious facetious use of the word little. It's one of the most beautiful homes I've ever seen. One. Not the most. Althea Sutton smiled as she spoke, though Sarah could tell she had unintentionally offended the woman. It is lovely and by far the grandest place I've ever set eyes on. But there are others you find more beautiful. Sarah chose her words carefully. I wouldn't say more beautiful. I would say among the homes I find beautiful. No doubt you are comparing ours to your friend's home, the Mallory's. Warren and Anna Mallory certainly have a beautiful home, but that isn't what I was thinking of. The whole of the dinner party had grown quiet, waiting for Sarah's response. Or waiting for Mrs. Sutton's response to whatever Sarah would say next. Sarah was certain it was the latter. There is a home, much smaller than this, but much grander than the home I was raised in, that my family used to pass whenever we traveled to visit my grandmother. As a child, I used to stare out the car window, eager to see it. To the little girl that I once was, it was a castle, and I dreamed of once living in it. Ah, Althea said with a dismissive attitude, just a schoolgirl's fantasy. I'm sure if you were to return there today, you would discover that it was a mere Hubble compared to Sutton Estate. I think Hubble's the wrong word. Sorry. Hovel. <laughs> it's a sprint. Um, I'm sure you are right, Sarah lied, because in her heart, she knew that she would always love the castle on Marble Street. That's it. Mm, I'm like, really? Okay. 
I have had the privilege of previewing this document that she's this world that she's from. And it's making me really want you to get that book published because <laughs> it's so good. Like the character who's being like snotty in this scene, um, does is really someone you can love to hate. Mm -hmm. And so for me, this was very good because I'm, I'm right back there with those characters, Jen there. You do a really good job of making them real. And so I totally picked up on the vibe right away, but I think you uh, managed to do that anyway for people who hadn't ever seen these characters before. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. And this is my favorite of all of the books that you've done. Um, really? I, I know. Well, just the storyline and um, the setting and the bow. Um, so I've been waiting a long time for this story to come out. So I'm excited to see that you're writing in it again. Um, but one of the reasons I like your series is because of your details, the historical details that you put in. Just even the woman's name, Althea, that just makes me feel like that is the time frame, you know? Awesome. Um Anyway, I'm glad. Thank you. Yeah, and Piper says she doesn't like the homeowner, but Piper, that's just a daughter-in-law. That is just like, that's not the person who owned the home, uh, the uh, Althea Sutton person. She's terrible <laughs> in the most delicious way. <laughs> right. There's a couple of terrible people in this book. Um, mm -hmm. But, um, all right, I'm going to save my comments for our what's next, but um, lots of compliments in the chat. Thank you, everybody. My mouse is not working right. I'm sorry, people. Gigi says Jennifer loved this. Um, um, Shell says great tension, Jen. Thank you. Piper says I don't like this homeowner. LOL. I could feel her disdain and pride. And then Leah says the dusty corners of an attic hovering with two poor siblings dream of a better life. The sprawling landscape of Alaska. Jen's gift for dialogue. So lucky to hear these stories every week. Leah, that is a lovely compliment. Thank mm -hmm. you so, yeah. so much. Awesome. Okay. So now it is time. You know, if you guys do this sprint and you wrote, wrote something with this prompt, we really want to read it. So mm -hmm. if you could post it in our on our Facebook page or send it to us in an email or whatever, we would love to read it. We have, you can find us on Twitter. So send it all on over because we want to read your stuff. So now we're going to move on to the what's next section, which is kind of a bookend of what's up, where we're going to tell you what's next in our lives. Um, and so let's start with Jen. Yes. Can I go next? I, for those of you who are listening, I'm pointing at myself. Pointing at herself. Um, okay. It just makes sense that I would go next so that I can kind of continue to respond um, with what we were talking about. Um, so the reason I wrote in the story is because I have, actually been back editing this book yay. yay and not only that this i had a chapter that was okay um but it's been in my head that was just okay i felt a little bit info dumpy though i really worked it to where it wasn't info dumpy but it wasn't good enough and this takes the problem because now i can plunk this in an earlier conversation and take out the when i was little in the other conversation it'll just she just has to say this is the house Oh my word, this is the house. Um, and so my, uh, so if you remember last week, we talked about, um, what was our topic last week? <laughs> it was about planning, right? Planning yeah. for the year. And Tina showed her system that's on the wall and it's a Kanban system. And I said that I um, 
was setting up a temporary camping. As you, if you're looking, you can see all these boxes behind me because there's still repairs to be done in my office after the flood. And so I don't have, I'm just kind of like stuck in here though. I need to get my office fixed and set back up. So I did like a, like a portable kind of Kanban. Hold on one second. Like so. And as you can see, as I move it, there are, this is what I'm still working on this week. It's almost empty. And look at all of this going on Doesn't over here. Feel it feels great. And so it's, I, I should probably do the Peck, the Becca Syme thing where they sit with me and they really like teach me about myself because this spoke to me and this, like, I haven't touched this document in months and my life didn't change this week. Like I still had unexpected doctor's appointments with my mom. I still had things happen at the last minute. I still, I get phone calls four or five times a minimum a day from her. Um, just cause like, she doesn't remember that we talked and she wants me to pray for her. And like, she, it's a, if you've ever dealt with someone else, it's a very emotional, she's, she cries a lot. It's just, it's really, it's emotionally draining and it's hard to be creative. That hasn't changed, but this got me back in my story. And so thank you, Tina, for sharing that. It has made a huge difference. Um, so I have all of these done. If you're watching, there's a lot. And I only have these left to do for first round edits. And very exciting. And the story is actually going to happen. Like there was times where I'm just like, maybe I'm done. Maybe I can't do this anymore. But no, I know I can. So Yay. praise God. Thank you for friends that keep encouraging you. And yeah, I can't wait for you guys to read Sarah's story. So if they need to get caught up on the others, what are they and where can they find them? Yeah. The first book, uh, Searching for Anna, is available everywhere as an ebook for free. Uh, Every selling platform has it. Um, You can even find it on on Walmart, I think. Maybe it's just the physical copies you can get there. Um, But yes. And then if you've already read that and you want book two, go to jennifercarltong.com and sign up for my newsletter. There's some... Chat happening. Um, Maria's What's Next, carrying on editing of her nano novel. I thought I might get it done for February, but I just realized that it's two weeks away. LOL, maybe March. I hear you, sister. It's coming up fast. Piper's Next is Have to Get Words in the Work in Progress, Buckle Down on Writing during Writing Time instead of distracting myself with marketing ideas. You know what I found? And I heard another writer saying this on a YouTube channel. Um, I think I need to have two separate places. Like I've been working upstairs on my editing. And when I'm in this room, it's really hard. Even though it's my office, like this is where we podcast. And this is where I do business stuff. It's really hard for me. I'm discovering to do both in this place. So that's something else I'm experimenting with is um, where I work. And also um, finding the time instead of like trying to like schedule out when I'm going to write right now, because I didn't know when I would have time. So whenever I have a free minute or two, I sit down, but in my planner, I'm highlighting it. And I found a pattern that I never knew existed that I actually have about an hour or to an hour and a half every afternoon before my husband gets home where dinner is already planned. It's not ready to start it yet that I would usually fill with other things. I mean, things I need to do. I mean, like, the house and whatever, but I've been putting writing there and I've been very productive in that time and I never knew it existed. So that's my suggestion is instead of trying to schedule time and make yourself show up, try to track your time and see if you see a pattern. So that that where where it naturally happens. Yeah. That has worked really well for me this week. I was reading something that about a guy, this guy was saying that um, he's very prolific writer and he was saying that he takes, he has this app on his phone that he writes in. 
and it's connected to his computer. And if he's in the doctor's room, waiting room, mm-hmm. he pulls out his phone and writes. Like if he, if he's on the the subway on the way to work, he pulls out his phone and writes. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if I could do that, but it might work for somebody. Like I'm very distractible, so that would not work for me. I need to eliminate all distractions in order to write. That's why. Um, but some I used- people might be able to do that. When I left my house, uh, my laptop was almost always with me. If you see me out, I have a gigantic purse always so that my laptop can fit into it. And so that was me. Like I used when my girls were still in public school, I would sit in the like waiting to pick them up. If I picked them up, I would sit there or waiting for the bus. I'd be typing out whatever I could fit in. So that was me back then. So, yeah. Okay. What about you, Rhonda? What's next for you? Um, <clears throat> what's next? The last two weeks I've been going through everything um, budgeting, um, writing, uh, museum work, everything that, uh, has a hold on my life and trying to figure out where I can make more room and, um, adjusting my, trying to realize actually what my priorities were. So, um, I am using that information this week to implement a new schedule for myself. So I'll report back on Friday to let you know how that did. And if anything really did have to be cut out. Okay. Kind of like how we took a survey of what we were spending on subscriptions. You're doing yes. it with your time too. That's a really yep. good idea. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's you know, I've, I've been taking this organized like a boss um, challenge thing. And she was talking about, oh, I forget the word she used. But like paring da- things down. Like just paring things down so that you don't. Like instead of twelve hobbies, have only one kind <laughs> of situation. Um, and I was like, "What am I going to do?" Because I'm already kind of a minimalist as far as like, so I don't have a lot of clutter as far as like knickknacks and all that stuff. What I have is like all these courses that I've taken and the stuff I printed off. And but what I really needed to pare down, and this is my what's next. <laughs> so sorry, there was a little transition there, but. Um, was my time. Like I have so many things that I want to do that I was trying to shove these things in um, to my schedule and my schedule was cluttered, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yes. And nothing was really getting done. Like all the more I was trying to do, the less I was doing. And so I just, I made a priority list and I said, these are my top priorities. The church stuff is at the top, obviously. My devotions and the Bible study that I teach and stuff for the church. And then my book. Well, I I guess my book and my health are kind of tied mm-hmm. for number two spot. Um, I would argue that your book is part of your health. So, yeah. Mm. And my health affects my book and my book affects my health. So they're kind of like tangled together, but there's like time I spend because I went completely whole food plant-based. And so that takes time. The cooking takes time. The planning takes time, you know, figure out my menu, that kind of stuff. And I find that if I watch little videos every now and then, it keeps me inspired. Mm-hmm. So like, the t- so I just like, I made this priority list and the stuff that I want to do, but it's not at the top of the list. I'm just cutting it because I need to have time too. I decided that, and my husband doesn't complain, 
but he makes little comments or he'll sigh sometimes or, and I just know that he would be so happy if my evenings were free to spend with him. Mm. And so I've done that. I've like taken my schedule and I'm not scheduling anything after 5 p.m. After 5 p.m. is I'm making his dinner. We're going to eat dinner. We're going to just hang out in the living room. And so I'm trying to get my paying job done during the day and my writing done during the day. And that doesn't leave much time for anything else, but that's kind of what, um, what I've been doing. So that's awesome. Real quick, before we go to Jamie, um, Leah's net what's next. I learned that writing sprints are a good ex- uh, external pressure. Yes, girl. Have you read our book? <laughs> it invigorates me and the story is growing. I'm thankful for insight of my strengths. Good for you. Teresa's what's next next week. Um, she has a conference to work for work. So she'll be able to write on Monday and hope to schedule bonus time on Friday. Good, good, good. Okay. Okay. Jamie, what's next for you? Um, actually I'm putting out a newsletter. Now I'm committed to having it out on Monday because I signed up for some promos. So if you go to writingshorts.net and sign up, you will get a clue in on some good free books that are going to be in the newsletter. Plus you will get to see a short story that I published in there that actually won an online writing uh, challenge. It's a fun story that I had forgotten even existed But as we were doing some of our inventory, I stumbled across it. So I'm excited. So sign up for the newsletter at www.writingshorts.net. You'll get a free short story in your inbox every month. And you will get my elongated short story, A Night's Gift for Free, for becoming a subscriber. Awesome. Awesome. So um, I just wanted to point out that Leah was talking about the energy pennies and plate size training is helping her with her time management. Yeah, I have discovered that my plate is like a, it's like a hors d'oeuvre plate. <laughs> I do not have a dinner plate. <laughs> and um, if I try to put too much on my plate, I just, nothing gets done. So, and Maria is carrying on editing her nano novel. So... Are we all set? Has has everybody done their what's next? I lost track. So nope, we're all set. I'm a bad hostess. Okay, well then this concludes the Christian Indie Writers podcast. I almost forgot what we were called there for a minute. <laughs> I mean, it's only been 164 episodes. I know. I just got, I saw. You know, I'm distractible, and I got distracted by Leah's thing about Becca Sign, and then I just couldn't think anymore. Um, but. <laughs> So until next time, may your pen be prolific, your deadlines will be met, and may all of your words honor Christ. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.